going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Steelers Today. Uh, we are live streaming again. It is Zach Smith and myself, Eddie Provident. What's going on, guys? Are we ready for some football on Sunday? I'm ready. I think it looks like the groin gang's going to be ready, too. I talked a lot about those guys last week. It looks like they're going to be ready to go, huh? I hope so. Uh, it looks like they're, looks like they're all, they were all participants. Yeah. Uh, you know who wasn't, though? We can touch on this a lot more. Chase Claypool, a late addition to the injury report yesterday, limited with a hamstring injury, and today didn't practice. So questionable tag, but I would say very, very questionable. So who's going to get those uh, 50-50 footballs then? Uh, the same one that was getting them when he was in the lineup. <laughs> uh, it's going to be uh, – listen, after Matt Canada's comments yesterday, I, I am very – I'm very concerned. Uh, DK, you had some things to say about Matt Canada in your daily shot today. Yeah, I kept them clean, too. Did you notice that? I, I'm, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, the uh, fourth, fourth and ten play in which he goes out of his way to, to stress that he had guys. We had guys in the end zone is the exact terminology. Yeah. Um, that's basically saying I, I did my job. You know, what was the quarterback's problem? Why did he check down before you could even speak the word check down? Why did he do that? Um, uh, there's there's some of this is starting to feel a little bit like like Todd Haley, too. I know everybody keeps referring to Randy Feetner because of the familiarity, the painful familiarity of the mm -hmm. offense and how it looks. But I'm seeing and hearing for the first time since Haley some of this little, you know, between between the quarterback and the coordinator. And I'm sure some of that's on Ben, too. I mean, Ben's – man, Ben really – he took it to Haley at times. The game I'll, yeah. I'll never forget covering in Dallas where Ben was just basically – he was taking shots at Haley. <laughs> he would look around and make eye contact with us individually. I remember him looking over at me. I'm standing by the door like this, like, did you get that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ben. We loud and clear, man. You hate the coordinator. We get it. All right, cool. I, I hope this doesn't get to that point. But uh, yeah, this it's uh, it's it's different. That's for sure. Yeah, I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows we are we do have the live chat going on. So definitely send us your questions. We'll answer them. Um, we'll stick on the offensive side of the ball because I feel like that's where people want us to. I think that's where the conversation is going to be and uh we got our first question here it says um good afternoon what is how what has to happen in order for finney or another bench offensive lineman to get into the game they couldn't be any worse could they i don't think they could be any worse uh i think that right now what we're seeing with the offensive line is uh, uh there's nowhere to go but up <laughs> i don't know about <laughs> that i mean they they could just hold out like a you know red matador cape and just let people go by. I mean, I'm not ruling that out. Um, Finney's if Finney gets on the field, it'll be at the expense of Kevin Dotson. Kevin Dotson. Yep. If Dotson is uh, in fact benched, it'll be a surprise to absolutely nobody, I would think, uh, given the way he's performed. But at the same time, Dotson's not been the only guy who struggled. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 been everybody. Yeah. Good, Zach. I was just saying, not a surprise, but what a disappointment that would be coming off of last year where you felt like Dotson was at least one incumbent starter that we had. 
you know, with everybody that was leaving all this roster turnover on the offensive line, we felt like, okay, Kevin Dodson's at least something there on the offensive line. If he gets benched, like you said, not a surprise, but definitely a disappointment. Yeah, I feel like I've heard somebody at the beginning of the season talk about the Kevin Dodson situation. Before or, the beginning during, of the during season. The, I'm sorry, it was the OTAs, I believe it was. Yeah, it was, uh, and, and it was not popular. Eddie's referring to my report back in the summertime that the coaching staff had been displeased with Dotson. And what ends up happening in this crazy social media world is one person on Instagram, not even on a main post, but in a comment on an Instagram post, said that I had written that Dotson was out of shape, which, I mean, I'm not blind, okay? And everyone took that comment and turned it into a post here or a post there, and there it goes. And meanwhile, my article is sitting there, you know, on our website, and everyone's referencing this Instagram post. Why? Because we're a subscription site. So it ends up taking off, and everybody's oh, what an outrage. How can you say this? And Dotson himself is posting pictures of himself on Twitter looking all in shape and everything. And it was never the point. Right. They were, they were legitimately upset with his off-season prep. Now, well, what does that mean if it doesn't mean conditioning? I don't know. I wasn't told that. However, in watching him play right now, it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to see that he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were very popular on Steelers Twitter at that point oh, in time, too. Big time, man. Big time. And notice today, though, that all, like, ever since uh, Jerry Dulac of the Post Gazette reported that Dotson might come out in favor of uh, BJ Finney, all of a sudden I've just been inundated with, hey, hey, DK, you were right, man. I'm not actually. There's like a handful of them, but that's also how that goes. Uh, sticking with the offensive line, we got another uh, got another question here. Uh, let me pull it up. It's, uh, Jacob wants to ask, uh, I realize there's not too many O-line players out there, but are they at least shopping around? Desperate times and all. Uh, I think that's a great question. And we've, we talked about this last week. Uh, they have $10 million in salary cap. And I know they like to keep a couple million or whatever, but uh, you would think at some point in time, they have to pull the trigger. I mean, if this is supposed to be the last dance, if this is supposed to be the last run with Ben, like you use every bullet you have in the chamber, right? Um, if the question is, should they be, I would say yes. If the question is, are they, I would lean towards no. I think that the organization, whether they should be or not, still has the utmost faith in what this unit can do uh, going forward. You know, I th obviously the body of work is not there right now. I think that there's a lot of trust in what this unit can be as they continue to get reps together. And maybe that faith is blind, but I think that that faith is definitely there. Uh, there's a boring answer to your question too, Jacob, and that's that they're constantly looking for everything. Uh, there's no such thing as a player who is available on waivers that they're just – you know, ah, we're just not going to check waivers today. They do yeah. that with everything. Okay, so offensive line, uh, they are they're they're definitely not ignoring. Uh, you know who's out there. They're aware of every single person over three hundred pounds <laughs> who exists on the planet right now. Uh, it's just that they apparently don't see anything that's out there that's better than what they already have. And I feel like I should point out too that Rashad Coward is. Hurt, so he's not an option. He actually had taken Dodson's place. You guys will recall 
early in camp here. Just a, a little bit of a note here. Jacob, you are my dude. This guy, <laughs> this guy is all over our stuff, and it's really, yep. really appreciated. And he recently signed up for DK Pittsburgh Sports too, and it's just it's great having him aboard. Uh, Eddie's encouraging everybody to send us all their questions and stuff. We'd love to hear from everybody, and uh, let's see what we got from South Florida Steelers fan here. Short answer, no long answer. What? Still- I think this was this was before the. Uh- before the the thing started and uh Uh, yeah he's he was just saying that there's there's a lot of problems (laughs) i see yeah where did that come from Uh, so that was before we started he just yeah he must have been waiting in the uh okay swan says what do you think tomlin slash canada has been seeing that's giving them faith in this o-line group moving forward i'll let you guys tackle that one first uh, all right. I'll, all right. Look, um, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> listen. I, I'm a man of faith. You know, I'm, I'm a pastor. That's what I, I, I deal in faith. And I don't see anything that's giving anybody any faith in this offensive line. Um, I, you know, I, athleticism question mark. I, look, man, like they're here's the only thing I could say. They're young. And. Look me! Look at me reaching right now. They're young, and I think that they have shown some potential. I think that there is there are things to be excited about with this team. Like you said, athleticism. I think Kendrick Green is a very he's a violent blocker when he wants to be. But uh, yeah, man, I I don't know uh, because I don't have a ton of faith in this offensive line, um, and yet somehow they're a few penalties away from maybe winning that, that Cincinnati game and, or at least making it a different game, uh, you know, with the, with the plays that were called back from, for uh, Najee, you know, those, he, those plays don't get called back. It's a different fo- you know, it's a different looking offense, but. Uh, Dan Moore jr. Has he been like, not that bad or is it just because he's not been as bad as the rest of the offensive line that I don't notice him. And like, I think that that's a good thing. I'm not really noticing him. Uh, he hasn't been very good either. Uh, he's he's kind of fallen under the 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 radar of criticism, mostly because he had a good camp and elevated his own status from right. "Hey, look at me! Look where I was picked in the draft, and here I am!" And it, and we all want a solution so badly that we're going to say, "Yeah, that guy, that guy's really, really good." And then you watch him, and you watch the film, and he's he's really, really not. Uh, that doesn't mean that he can't be. That doesn't mean that Dotson can't be. We saw last year when Dotson was kind of left to his own, you know, hey, KD, just go straight ahead, man. Knock that guy 10 yards backward. He was okay. The moment it came down to things from the playbook and schemes and zone blocking this and zone blocking that, I'll, I'll go back to it again. Off-season prep, you know, this is a real thing. It's not just about lifting weights, you know. Michael Miller says, what's the reason for the offense not throwing in the middle of the field? Is it a lack of trust from Ben in the offensive line? Yeah, I I think it's – I don't know that it has to do with trust as much as it has to do with the way defenses are scheming because the offensive line is so bad. I think defenses are purposely taking away the middle of the field because it's easy to, because there's no threat of a run game. 
I was going to say the same thing pretty much. Yeah, I was just say if you have an answer, let me know because they haven't done it. It's not just like a short body of work, a short sample size that we're talking about here. This is going back to last season. Last season, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're spooked by it. Uh, yeah, ben, yeah. ben said this week when they talked about the middle high safety, guys just standing there. He said, and Ben's response was, well, generally speaking, when you have a safety right there on the field, you don't throw there. That was it. That was it. Like, what do you do to blow that guy up? What do you do to overload him? Why not send, you know, uh, a tight end and a possession receiver right in that region? Okay. And just say, listen, you're going to do this to us. We're coming right at you. There is, guys, there is no authoritativeness to this offense whatsoever. They have yet to assert themselves in any capacity. Okay. They tried at the beginning of the Bengals game, to their credit. They said, listen, we're just going to line up and we're going to punch you in the face. And they did it. And then the flags flew. Mm -hmm. And everything all of a sudden went out of whack again. These guys have to stop being afraid of their own shadow. And unfortunately, this coordinator seems to be more of the same in that regard. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Uh, When you said that, was it last week or two weeks ago, when you talked about them just lining up and being authoritative and, and, and just, you know, punching the guy in front of them in the mouth. That's what they need to do, and I, I, I've said this a few times. I said it on, on my podcast. I said it with Dale. I'm, I hate to be that, like, that old-school football mentality. you got to line up and establish the run game, but in this case, this is exactly what the Steelers have to do. They have to line up. They have to establish the run game, and they have to show that they're, they're more physical or at least as physical as the guys in front of them, and if they don't do that, it's going to be a very long season for this offense. Was that what was that comment they just had up? Did it say Moore was only bad because he's playing next to Dodson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just picking. We're just yeah, picking, I don't picking on guys now. They're all bad. Okay, there there are. There's no separation here. There's no daylight. Okay, the only guy on the offensive line who hasn't completely wet himself has been Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay, the rest of this has just been an embarrassment to the uniform, and I'm not overstating that. That's not hype. It's just it's been that bad. Well, you, you've had April, this conversation with Ramon Foster, too, right? And he does not disagree. Yeah. A- yeah April, so- April Jackson says, LOL, Steelers play like old people. <laughs> you know, we could pretty much just end the show there, April. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, is, man. That, is, that is not bad here. Uh, no, but not the – like. but I don't want to sound like I'm plugging another show on our on our, uh, on our uh, site. Here we go. But, but R- Ramon Foster, I, I oh. value his opinion look, because he he's he was there. He did it. He was a successful offensive lineman for the team. And I've got to think. And if you if you listen to to what he has to say, I mean, you know, you can you can pick this up. There's a pride in being a Steelers offensive lineman. You know, there there's a pride in that group and that uh, that fraternity. And I feel like right now this this offensive line group is is not doing anybody in that fraternity any kind of justice. And you know you you talk about an embarrassment to the what, what did you say an embarrassment to the uh, to the uniform? Uniform, DK? yeah, pretty that's, much humanity. At yeah, this point I, here. Dude, uh, I mean, like that's you know that's not uh, that's not being over dramatic. Random guy says, "Is there a possibility that Matt Canada will get fired if the Steelers' offense keeps looking like this?" Uh, I mean, you didn't give a timetable there. Everybody gets fired. So, yes, he'll, he'll, he will be fired <laughs> at some point. Um, if you mean midseason, if you mean after the season, that wouldn't be very Steelers-like. Um, yeah. However, 
However, you know what would be Steelers like? Because we've seen this. When you look at who's running the show or you look at somebody that's running the offensive line and you don't like the results, you know what they've done is very quietly in midseason, they'll say, you, just just go sit back there, okay? We got this, <laughs> okay? And they they did it with uh, with Sean Kugler. They did it with Sean Surrett. Uh, um, and here we are now. You know, with this offensive line coach, Adrian Clem, looking like he has no answers for anything. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen again, specifically with the O-line. Uh, but the coordinator, that's tough. The reason is, unlike when you see Tomlin gets upset with Keith Butler and Tomlin says, "That's just this is it, I'm just going to do it my way. Because he knows defense. Mm-hmm. The moment you have the defensive head coach, the lifelong defensive head coach, start calling your plays oh man you're toast yeah uh what dk let me on that note how bad do you think it would have to be for them to to pull something like that with this offense so like for me if we see another three four five weeks of this they then they have to make some kind of change like maybe it won't be firing matt canada but like you know, do they get uh, a quarterback's coach more involved? Like, what do they do at that point? I mean, like, is there anything they can do, I guess, is nothing, the question. Nothing. No, they're not They're not doing anything of the kind. They just won't. They, they, they really, really won't. Uh, oh. let, let's see what else we got here. Michael Miller says they were very productive in the no-huddle offense. Also, they were productive in the two tight set scoring and running the ball as well. Yeah, but don't, don't get too caught up in that, too, because that's the other thing that Ben likes to do is – the offense will really, really struggle, and he'll go out there and do no huddle, and it'll make it look and sound like Ben can call the plays, and the coordinator is really stupid. Ben is calling plays that are designed by the coordinator. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, these are, and the fact that he's doing it fast gives the offense a momentary advantage because the other team is like, whatever. But as Ben himself acknowledged this week, you can't do that all the time. You just can't mm-hmm. because, as Jacob points out here, no huddle wears on guys. It's as simple as that. So, you know, it's – there isn't a cavalry to be had here, guys. There just isn't. There's not a single whatever, you know. I'm looking at other uh, other comments here, and we've got uh, – Swan says – he asks, is uh, Clem related to Eckstein? And all I can say about that is the hitting's about the same. Yeah, about ninety percent of the people watching this don't even know who that is. So that <laughs> well, for the ten percent that do, yeah. for the ten percent that do, it'll be appreciated. Yeah. Uh, what else? There is. There just isn't. I, I just want to say, guys, there, there isn't some. There, there isn't. Everyone keeps trying to isolate on something. Well, if we just do this, or if this player just does that, that ain't it. Okay, I, I'm here to tell you that if if they were to win Sunday in Green Bay, and the Packers' defense stinks, by the way, so you could see the Steelers move the ball. Don't laugh. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, it's going to happen at some point. It's not going to be because oh look, BJ Finney's at left guard. It's it, it's it's not going to be just because. Ben found his inner youth fountain, whatever thingy. Okay, it's it's gonna be because a lot of things got right. 
at the mm -hmm. same time. And the truth is, they're not even going to necessarily know which of those was pivotal. We got a good one here from Moses Miller. The promoting from within is not working. I'm about over it. You mean the coaches? Yeah, I'm with them 100%. When was the last time it worked for us? Uh, I mean, it, it just hasn't. I, and I don't know why that is, but, uh, I mean, at, at what point in time do you go outside of the organization to start hiring some guys? Well, you got to spend money. And yeah, that, that's, that's the, the other thing about the Steelers coaching staff, if you've ever heard this before, is that they're one of the, the least expensive. Now, mm -hmm. part of the reason for that is that coordinators – and or assistant head coaches, which are just these vague nebulous titles that they give to somebody to give them more money. Uh, those guys can get paid a lot and they'll raise the whole scale. And if you look at who the Steelers coordinators are, Keith Butler was the linebackers coach. Then he became the coordinator. Matt Canada was the quarterbacks coach. Then he became the coordinator. So none of these were like, let's go outbid people. Mm -hmm. So, at the same time, you know, <laughs> you got to you got to pay. You got to pay. This is a great point right here by Jacob. Everyone make sure to hit that like button. Yeah, Subscribe make sure you hit the, the channel. Like Go ahead, Zach. You, you, you were on a roll, man. <laughs> Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when we go live or post a new video. Yep. We've been doing uh, the podcast as premieres at 2 p.m each weekday and that's been doing great the live chat for those are awesome swan says swan says hey dk please don't tell me the secret code for releasing the new play calling canada was supposed to bring is mcfadden coming off the ir what farland i'm oh, thinking he makes oh, okay, <laughs> brian. like what like brian mcfadden's coming back actually he was around yeah at, at, at training camps, I'm thinking. Wait a second. What? Yeah, I he got actually, to talk to him, and he looked. He's in great shape. Too. He really, he is. He man. could just step right out there. A couple of the players came over to the railing, and they're like, "Just come out and play, man." Yeah, I, uh, you know what? He's really good at what he's doing right now, though. With uh, with CBS, he's doing a great job with uh, with Patrick Peterson. But no, uh, Anthony McFarland is is expected back, and I don't know if people can appreciate how big a part of this offense he was supposed to be uh, not just as uh, making sure that Najee Harris doesn't touch the football 75 times a game like it appears that he's on pace to uh, it's being involved in the offense as an outlet for Ben Ben found a really gentle way to jab uh, Najee's inability to catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage which we saw getting exposed time and time again on Sunday. He didn't have to do it in Alabama. Okay, he was he, when he would go out for passes in Alabama. He went out like as a wide receiver. And what they were doing, the Steelers, they're just doing these dump offs, and he's not used to it. He he's he's turning sideways. He's looking over at the quarterback, but he's also probably picturing to himself, "I'm about to get creamed here," you know. So it's it's a little bit of a different world. Uh, yeah. McFarland is that guy. McFarland, mm -hmm. when he was at Maryland, took those dump offs. McFarland can be a part of it, significant part of this offense. Yeah, he uh, and he McFarland, I thought, had a really good training camp too. I, I thought he looked very good in training camp. He, I mean, it was at least in person, it was easy to see that speed. You know that that extra step that he has. That 
that quickness. And I, I was excited to see him get on the field in this offense. And, you know, so hopefully we see him get, get healthy and uh, get, get on the field and join the team quick. Mostos asks, why isn't Kalen Balaj getting some touches? He's actually proven compared to Benny Snell. That's a great question. I mean, everything that we saw in the preseason would have said that Kalen Balaj would be ahead in the pecking order, right? So it, it is a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, honestly, if McFarland weren't starting the season on the IR, I was kind of expecting Benny Snell to not make the roster. I don't know why Benny Snell is on this roster. <laughs> no, me neither. I listen, I, I, I watched, you know, I got to see more of training camp than I ever have in my life. And I saw nothing from that dude that, that made me think, man, I can't wait to see him in this offense. I saw Kalen Balaj, and, and I, you know, I don't mean this in the literal sense, but he kind of reminded me of like a, a lesser version of Najee Harris where he did a lot of the same things, but not as good as Najee. Uh, McFarland is that, that speed guy. He's the guy that gets outside, can catch the ball behind the line. Uh, nothing that Benny Snell does. I don't think he does anything well. And the things that he does, we there's backs that do it better. So I, I really didn't understand putting him on the roster. Hey, the thing with McFarland coming back, do you think, my question about him coming back is when he does, do we see some time, some sets where he's on the field and Najee Harris is on the field? Yes. That's the That's answer what I to want. that. Without, without betraying the uh, whole you're not allowed to report what's at practice and whatever. Yes, there are two running back sets uh, to be had. It's all part of that misdirection and everything. However, however, as I say that, that was also when the Steelers were practicing, underscoring practicing, a more complicated blocking scheme that might have already been dropped into the uh, recycle bin here. TC Steele asks, DK's the game evolved so much that the fullback is a thing of the past. Well, it was a thing of the first quarter the other day. I mean, Derek Watt was out there, and he went and he got his blocks at the second level, which is where he was supposed to go because these guys can't reach the second level to block anybody back there. And he did his job, and he was out there for a quarter, and it didn't matter because they threw flags. And as soon as they threw flags, the Steelers were like, heck with this, we can't do this, our guys stink. So let's just start throwing the ball sideways again. Yay, throw the ball sideways. There, did that answer the question? (laughs) I was going to say it's so much a thing of the past, I thought that that stood for Facebook. Oh, no. (laughs) No. But, uh, oh, but yeah. Um, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. By the way, this person said, does Zach and Eddie still want Renegade retired? By the way, that was just Tyler. So he got both the names wrong. I was not an advocate <laughs> for that. Why did the Steelers abandon the fullback and everything else? Because it's the same reason they always abandon the run. They see it for a second, and then they go, eh, nah, forget it. And then then you have some part of the offense also that's up to the quarterback. You know, the quarterback's out there doing RPOs, and, you know, he's he's going to take the P in that equation more often than not. It's, uh, it's not at all a, a good situation, uh, to say the least here. Mostos asks, do you think the blocking scheme since Munchak left are the real problem with the offensive line and the run game, considering he's the main reason both were successful before? And that's this line's comparison point. I brought up Mike Munchak. I knew we weren't getting through this episode without Mike Munchak coming up with how much we've been talking about the line. 
Go ahead, Eddie. I was just going to say it hasn't been the same since he's been gone, and I think you have to point to some of so, at least some of the problems are are that um, he's in he's in uh, Denver right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at the success their offensive line is having. And uh, look at Garrett Bowles, who was yeah. you know considered a bust, and what he's turned into. I was going to say, like, no doubt did Mike Munchak elevate talent, coach up talent that shouldn't have been playing at the level that they did. But what would he do with this offensive line? Well, like, here's, here's, here's what he would I don't do, think though, we would too. have this offensive line if Munchak was still in the building. To, well, if he did, because he wouldn't be the GM. If he had this group, uh, the way Masso has phrased his question, do you think the blocking schemes are the real problem? It's not about schemes. It's about technique. What Munch did when he got to Pittsburgh is he took all of these guys, and all of them talked to me about it, even if they were big-name, multiple all-pro guys like Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro, and he never saw himself as being above teaching. He kept talking about technique, how to use your hands, how to angle yourself in a certain situation. Munch was a technique, is a technique guy above and beyond anything else. Munch wasn't sitting there doing X's and O's and schemes and stuff. That's always the domain of the coordinator with some input from the offensive line coach. What the Steelers don't have right now, when you watch this film, I'm going to bring up two real quick examples. One is uh, Kevin Dotson getting beat regularly by Larry Ogunjobi the other day. Larry just owned his hindquarters all day. And Dotson would put like a half a hand on the guy in one way. And Larry was just like karate chopping his wrist off and right past him, man. There was no other body contact. Okay. Munch would have you pinned to a desk in the classroom, showing you 10 different ways to avoid that situation. You know, and, and, and the other thing is the high blocks. Merrill Hodge talked about it this week. Uh, on DVE, where he said, these guys are all locked in up high on their blocks. So even when they double team someone, they're not getting the leverage. You need to get downstairs. When you've seen Kendrick Green, when you've seen Chooks Okorafor, one of the largest, strongest looking humans on earth, get pancaked. This should not even be a physical possibility. When you see that happen, it's all because of technique. Yeah, I, I'm not going to add anything to that. You pretty much summed that up perfectly. <laughs> um, this subject drives me nuts, as you can tell. I mean, I, I could sit here and do I could talk about this forever because I'm I'm a big believer in general, and I, I don't I don't go after symptoms. I go after causes, and I, I kind of do that with the with the, the 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 podcasting that I do, the writing that I do. I look for causes, and people are talking about the quarterback and you know drops and stuff like that. It's this is a this is a one issue candidate here. That that's that's all that's happening here. Mm-hmm. Here you guys have this one here. Andrew Lang asks, does Ebron get increased reps with all of the injuries to the wide receiver group? Well, sure. Let's see how many passes he can drop in the first quarter. Now see, let's, look, <laughs> I, no. Let, come on, let's not get on his. Let's not get on Ebron with his drops because he's not going to see the. I mean, he can't block. So what's he going to do? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know where I honestly don't know where Ebron fits in right now because I, I mean, I just think Friermuth does everything better. And 
he he doesn't block in the in the run game, um, and he's not. I don't think anyone's shy about that that he doesn't block in the run game. So, I, right now the problem is getting the run game going. I don't want to see Ebron on the field if that is me. If that means we have to depend on him to block, I would rather see Fryermuth and um, what's the, uh, Zach Gentry. Yeah, Gentry in there because they yeah. block. I mean, I get the question because it looks like Chase Claypool's probably not going to play. We know Juju's banged up. Those x-rays were negative, but, you know, those ribs, they're going to be sore if he takes another hit there. Yikes. Um, but He will yeah, take I, another hit there, by the way. Yeah. Just so yeah. we're clear here. When, when the other team knows you've got when, sore ribs, yeah. that's not iffy. Well, yeah, and Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, the two safeties for Green Bay, they are lurkers in the middle of the football field. So, yeah, I'm sure one of them is going to be looking to deliver a shot on Juju there, but – I, like Eddie, just think that Frymuth just does everything better. Um, what I mean, I guess it would be for the reason of Juju being banged up and Claypool probably not going to go, maybe we do see him used as the, the big slot that he is on a, more snaps than normal. But as far as actually getting targets on those routes run, I don't see it. I just, uh, right now, this uh, he isn't what this offense needs right now. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me. Ebron more drops and catches. Well, it, the, yeah, the, the the question here is, doesn't Ebron have, from South Florida Steeler, doesn't Ebron have more drops than catches this season? I mean, he wouldn't if he was targeted on a regular basis. He hasn't played much. I'm the biggest Ebron basher around, and I'll, I'll always try to be fair. Uh, he, he hasn't been utilized much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you'll recall, when he was utilized – yeah, it took a few targets, but there was also impact. And you know where else that impact happened? Middle of the field, for the most part. Um, I can't say this enough. You've got two pass-catching tight ends, and you're fretting over a middle-high safety. I mean, embarrass him, you know? Go right at him. And if you can't, if you're really that afraid, then you do have a quarterback issue. But we don't know that right now because they never even try it you know and when they've tried it with Fryermuth, by the way they've hit it you know how many passes over the middle to Fryermuth have gone incomplete or anywhere really Mm -hmm. yeah he's we talked about it in in training camp and preseason the guy doesn't drop anything he had one drop the other day and I I I thought I was gonna I thought I was seeing you know I thought I was seeing things because he just doesn't he, he doesn't do that yeah, Mark Hamilton says the problem is that since Jerome Bettis left in 2010, is a pure power back who's not afraid to go forward through the OL. No, man. The, mm-hmm. Earl Campbell retired a long time ago. You know, Jerome did too. You can't run through nine men in a box. You can't do it. That is never, ever, 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 ever on the running back. It just isn't. Jim Brown, maybe. Okay, but that's about it. I mean, you just this is you can't keep deflecting from what the main issue is. And I know people like to do that in part because the offensive line is not a sexy topic and we don't talk about their, you know, we don't recite their names and they're not going to be something that comes up on ESPN or whatever. Hey, everybody, what do you think of Kendrick Green? Yay or nay? Nobody's going to do that. Okay, that doesn't mean it isn't the problem. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with you. I, like, we are ignoring the fact, or I, it seems like people are ignoring the fact that, in order for a even a power back, even someone like Ben Ro- or uh, Jerome Bettis to get 
any kind of momentum, the offensive line has to move the guys in front of them forward. And if they're not moving the guys forward or sideways or, or side, and they're getting pushed move backwards, them. if they're getting pushed or backwards, seal them. you yeah. don't even have to move them. Eddie, that's the other thing. Sometimes you just have to seal them. Sometimes they're not doing you, any of that. You just have to exist. You have to breathe, you know, you don't even have to do any of the fanciness. You don't have to shove them 10 yards downfield. You know? At this point in time, I, I'm I'm really considering taking Zach Smith and his bum knee and, and throwing him at a at tackle and seeing what happens. I'd do it. I'd do it. Not necessarily the best size, but or athleticism or anything. But yeah, but I can say heart. that for all five guys on that offensive line right now. <laughs> I don't want to like, like it, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just I'm not sure how that is somebody's takeaway with what's going on with the offense. Like to it, say that the it, problem is. I, I'm telling you, that's why though. I'm, I'm not. Te- there's a lot of stuff I, I get wrong and that I'm wrong about. Okay, I'm not wrong about this. It's just not as much fun to talk about. Yeah, but did you happen to notice the other day how Dan Moore was handling the rush? Nobody does that. Nobody does that. You yeah, know why? Because it's, it's really hard it's, to see live, and the number of people that are watching these games multiple times is extremely low. And and, and on all top- 22 film watching the offensive line, nobody's doing that. This is the running back version of what we were talking about with Ben last week. When we were here last week talking about, you know, people were asking, "Is it time to make a change at quarterback?" No, it's not a time to make because it doesn't matter what quarterback is back there. It doesn't matter what running back is back there. Until this main problem gets fixed, it, we could uh, we can have Joe, Joe Montana and Jim Brown back there, and I, I don't know that they're going to do a lot behind a bad offensive line. TC says, God forbid, will it take Ben getting hurt to see a change at quarterback? Yes. But again, it's, it's not a problem. Yeah, listen to what you're saying here, okay? So Ben, cha- ben gets changed, okay? Ben, ben goes out, and you put in – Mason Rudolph, owner of the two most happy feet on the planet. Okay. And he's calmed that down to an extent over the past year to his credit. And he did not have happy feet, by the way, in the regular season finale last year in Cleveland. That was progress for him. But he wasn't playing behind these guys. Right. And don't even bring Haskins into this. No, no. I mean, I- to me, that all of that is a non-starter because, look, we've seen what Najee Harris can do when he gets in space. I mean, look at look at the touchdown that he scored against Oakland or Las Vegas. I'm, I'm going to do that also. Yeah, I'm going to do that all season. Uh, but look at the touchdown he scored against Las Vegas. He makes a guy miss. He gets the edge. You know, he makes a nice play. Look at the stiff arm he had against them. It, it, this it's not a problem about talent behind the offensive line. You know, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger make some decent throws in the first three weeks of the season. It's not about that. It's about, and again, I hate to keep beating the dead horse and sound like a broken record, but it until the offensive line gets fixed or something happens to change something in front of these guys, none of it matters. None of it, and I know that's boring, but none of it matters until that gets fixed. Uh, South Florida Steelers says Bussy left in, meaning Bettis left in 06, and the power back is not the issue. To his credit, Jerome had some solid lines in Pittsburgh locking for him. Yeah, man, he was running to his right behind a future Hall of Famer, okay? And also, Dan Kreider was whatever Alan Fanica was missing, Kreider was mopping up, okay? The idea, the legend of Jerome is that Jerome carried Brian Urlacher for a few yards in a snow globe Heinz Field and 
Yay, Bus! Bus could do it all by himself! Bus would be the very first person to object to that. He couldn't do it all by himself. And this team doesn't have these other things that we're talking about here. They just don't. Side note, uh, shout out to everybody watching because we've just uh, crossed into triple digits. We got a hundred people on here with us, so uh, that's awesome stuff. We Love appreciate it. we appreciate the interaction. We appreciate all the the feedback, the questions, everything. You guys are hey, guys are it's uh, it's awesome that there's a hundred people watching, but all one hundred plus of those people also need to be subscribed, like the video, and be commenting as well. It's just going to take some time for these persons. On the offensive line to gel, says DC Elsey. And you know what? He's right. Yeah. Somebody asked earlier, why do they believe in these guys? Because they've seen talent. They've seen potential. The problem, the problem is that there's that, that, that time doesn't exist. Okay? Not now. Not with a 39-year-old quarterback. Not when you just signed TJ Watt. There's no rebuild to be had here. There's not a some spare time element. The time that they have is between now and 3.25 p.m. Central time when the football flies on the frozen tundra. That's it. That's the only time they have for their gelling and development. DC, you're right. I, I, I do happen to like some of these guys. But that's not the issue that's at hand, and that's why I wouldn't mind seeing B.J. Finney out there, fifth-year NFL guy. What else we got? Um, uh, TC says, does the line lack leadership or do they lack continuity? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a rah-rah thing. It's, that's another thing that comes up is like, you know, getting these guys' faces, let them know. They, they know. They, they're, they're not unaware of, of the criticism that's out there. They're not aware of how they're letting down their own teammates, which matters to them infinitely more than anything they'd hear from the outside. They know this. Leadership, you know, Zach Banner is supposed to be their leader. Zach Banner's been hurt. Okay, now one of the things about Zach is that you, you picture, I was talking with uh, Ramon Foster about this earlier this week. Zach has a really big mouth. And I say that in a fun way. Okay? Right. Zach loves to be that guy that's getting in people's faces and let's go and you go and whatever. But when you've been out, the whole time and those other guys are out there taking all the bullets they don't want to see you in their face you know what i mean they yeah. don't want to see that one one thing here i, I want to grab this one here it's uh M mr tummy uh says you probably <laughs> need 30 to 35 points to secure a win and this offense even with everything fixed cannot generate that level of production see i disagree with that 100 percent because if this defense is at full go I don't think you need 30 to 35 points to win a game. We, we've seen what this defense can do when it's fully healthy, what they did against Buffalo. Uh, I think if this defense gets back to 100%, TJ Watt is back to his normal self. Alex Highsmith is back. Melvin Ingram is spelling the two of those guys. Uh, you know, when that front seven is on, man, the, it changes what the offense has to do. And I think these two weeks when the defense wasn't at a 100%, we saw the importance of the defense being 100%. Uh, so I, I think that, that that 30 to 35 points thing, as long as the defense is healthy, that's definitely not true. Uh, the defense wasn't healthy the last couple of weeks, and that wasn't even, they still haven't given up 30. Most was 26. Right. So, right. so I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't see that at all. Um, but I do think we're seeing the importance for this football team of having a healthy defense. Well, they're going to get after Rodgers. 
Yeah. I don't know how much, you know, scouting or how much, how, what kind of awareness there is of the Packers. They, they've been on national TV a couple of times already, and they should be, you know, given who their quarterback is. But their offensive line really isn't all that different than Pittsburgh's. Okay. Well, they're on their third left tackle. So, and, and, and that's where Alex Highsmith is going to be. Watt and Highsmith are both going to play. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to rush four. I believe that similar to Buffalo. And you're going to need that given who you're facing and where he can drop dimes behind you, whether that's intermediate routes or deep routes. You have to be effective with those four. You have to be dynamic and explosive, which means that you're also going to need to rotate, uh, you know, TJ and and Highsmith, not just because of their injuries, but because you want to keep them and Melvin Ingram fresh. You're going to want to rotate. Well, no, you're not going to want to rotate Cam, but you'd better. Because if you want Cam to be what he was in Buffalo, then you need Cam to play about two-thirds of the snaps. So it's... They got to get it. They got to get a four-man rush, and from there, the off or the defense can make things happen. So I don't necessarily agree that you need thirty-five points to win it, but I definitely agree they're not getting thirty-five points. Right? <laughs> that is definitely not happening here. I see. Uh, we got Anthony Munoz in the comments section. Are you available to uh, come out of retirement? <laughs> I'll take Anthony Munoz, the real one. Yeah. It says Steeler Nation will get it. What a better way to get their legs. Uh, out from under them is, is uh, uh, no, get their legs under them is to beat the Packers. It can be done. Just watch. Well, I mean, that's just all due respect, Anthony. That's fun, but it's going to take more than hope and, and yay. You know, um, if there's one thing that I think might help the Steelers in Green Bay, it's that they've already gone onto the road and won in a stadium that was just totally violently against them okay uh green bay for anybody who hasn't been there and it really should be a pilgrimage for every football fan being in lambeau field is not only a spectacular historic place to see the sport but it's also really 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 pro packers like this isn't going to be one of those when the steelers score a touchdown you're going to see like all the towels go up there's going to be a few people there but not much. The Steelers went into Buffalo and did that. And then they came home and lost twice and got embarrassed and got booed and deserved it. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens to them in Green Bay, no matter how terrible they are, they're not getting booed. <laughs> okay? So I, I think that at least can play in their favor if you're looking for intangibles. I see. I've seen a lot of people asking about uh, Banner and Tuit in the comments as well. So I, I don't know if we should address those. Banner has been back practicing, right? But they haven't like started his clock yet. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, Banner's back. He can be activated for Sunday. And given yeah. you know, given that you know he's been a participant in practice this week, and given the state of the offensive line, I wouldn't be all that surprised about that. Tuit is in a different. Right, I bracket. don't even know where to like go with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I, even... I I just I turn and other than reporting whatever it is, I just turn in uh, any other direction here. Um, you know, before we wrap up here, and we went on way longer than I thought we would. Hey, like, I'm fine with. Hey, that. there's this is a lot of people re- here. This has been really fun. Um, th- 
before let go listen we're not letting you guys off the hook here if you haven't hit the the like button and if you haven't hit the subscribe button then this is going to be like those if you ever been to nashville when uh those the musicians on your way out if you don't drop a tip in the jar they give you the worst <laughs> stink eye you've ever seen and the drummer who's by the window will turn around and stink eye you on the sidewalk all the way across the street so that's us in fact we're sending smitty to your house if you don't subscribe and like that's right uh, to our channel that's just how it's going to use i can use these crutches as a couple uh yeah, I don't, I don't, but you get the picture. I don't want to go any further and make any comments, but let's just say I got some ammo. Oh, man. Yeah. So hit the like button, hit the subscribe <laughs> button. And by the way, tell people about our channel in general. Yep. Uh, we have a lot of stuff on here. Ask Eddie because he's the one that has to put it all up. <laughs> it's, you know what, though? It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of good people, man. I, I think that's what makes it the most fun is the, the people are good. You know, they're fun to work with. Uh, aside from Smitty, the people are good to work with. Uh, South Florida Steelers says, "Smash that like button, or you're a Ravens fan." That's right, man. There's there no need. To, there there's is. no need to go there, my man. That'll, that'll get you banned on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this has been fun. This uh, I enjoy this, man. Like this is this is a good time. All right, guys, let's do it again. All right, I'm heading to Green Bay tomorrow. All right, all right. There we go. Safe travels, DK. All right. See yeah, you all later. Uh-huh.